This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And we are back with another edition of The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. We're going to be covering the Browns today. I decided I uh, really wanted to do a little Browns mailbag. I uh, asked a question. I asked the listeners what kind of questions they had. We have some great questions. Um, Thank you all that um, sent them in. And I'm just happy to be here talking the Browns today. Um, you know, training. It's all it's all coming up soon. I think it's like 25 days until preseason game or something like that. It's uh, man, it's gonna be here sooner than we know. Then we're gonna have the tribe and the Browns to worry about. But first question, because we're just gonna jump right into this thing. I want this to be a short and sweet podcast. You guys can pop on while you're in the car. Heading to the grocery or the cookout or work tomorrow and wherever. This is from Dog Nature, at Dog Nature on Twitter. He said, uh, what are your biggest concerns? His he, uh, he said his biggest concerns were the middle of the defense, you know, the inside linebacker and box safety specifically, you know, worried about being susceptible to dink and dunks and talking about how the Ravens are going to be a bigger problem for us than we think. Um... I don't disagree with you. Um, the middle of the defense with inside linebacker and box safety. Talking run stop ability, last year they were very poor at it. However, I'm a firm believer that the reason they were poor at it is, one, Greg Greg Williams is not a great football coach. He's a good rah-rah guy. The way he used and the way he underutilized players was just mind-blowing. Miles Garrett, underutilized. Um, Demarius Randall and Jabril Peppers, I think, were underutilized, especially Jabril Peppers. That's just the grossest thing ever. Um, I don't think he used Kirksey and Schobert right. And Steve Wilkes is a great defensive mind. He adjusts to his team. He doesn't come in with a set, this is how we're going to do it, like Greg Williams did. I'm going to adjust to my team. You know, at Carolina, this has been said multiple times. I know you guys have heard this. But for anyone who hasn't, Carolina, he had three great linebackers. He played linebacker, three linebackers on the field, the highest percentage in the NFL. He went over to Arizona. They had five good defensive backs and two good linebackers. So he played five defensive backs on the field the most. He's adjusts. He's going to adjust, and I think that's going to help our inside linebacker. And I don't think we're going to play a box safety very often. Um, you know, box safeties are, I think overrated these days um what i mean by that is they're not needed as much you know a 
team like the Ravens, yeah, I understand. But we're going to talk a little uh, – we have a question coming up about how I think the Ravens, how we'll fare against them. Um, I think what the Chargers and the Browns did the last two weeks, the NFL last year, um, really exposed Lamar Jackson's and the Ravens' offense's weakness. Um, but he, well, about the dink and dunk, for all you Schobert haters out there, you're entitled to your own opinion. However, you can't argue that Joe Schobert's one a top five coverage linebacker in the NFL. That's a that's a fact. Now, his tackling needs to get better, but his leadership is there. His ability to make plays on the ball is there. His ability to cover is there. He's a good middle linebacker. His tackling is going to get better with an improved defensive line and an improved defensive coach. So I'm not worried about the dink and dunk. Um, you know, Greg Williams was playing our box safety, Jabril Peppers, 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Steve Wilkes isn't going to do that kind of crap. Especially, you need to know who you're playing against. He would do that stuff against the Ravens, and it made absolutely no sense. So, dog nature, thank you for the question. Um... You know, next time I do this, send another one in for sure. The next one's from John Kaufman at Cleveland Spider. Uh, he asked me. He also asked me, what are my biggest concerns for the upcoming season? His were the O-line, the Duke dilemma, and how, like, how the players are going to handle being division favorites. Great question, John. Thank you. Um, so the O-line. I'm not too... His um, concern is how they'll hold up and protect Baker. The one thing we need to be prepared for is not having a healthy offensive line the entire season. Last year, they started whatever formation they wanted to without injuries all year. You know, whether that was Harrison, Robinson, it it worked out beautifully. Um, that's not going to happen again, most likely. You know... And it wouldn't have happened last year J.C. Treader not been a freaking animal. One of the most underrated players in the NFL. Just wildly underrated. And it's sickening. Um, so I think the O-line is going to do fine. I think we you know, we have Greg Robinson to start at left tackle right now. And then behind him, you have... I think Drew Forbes is going to come in and be... I think he's. I think he could fill in and be ready to play. I don't think he's a franchise guy yet, coming from a small school. I've said on my podcast before, I think he's going to be the starter next year. So I'm not worried about that. And if Forbes doesn't work out, they can slide Batonio out. It, they have options. They can slide Corbett out. He's not your ideal size, but that's where he played in college, and he's good enough. Um, you know, uh, Batonio is an all-pro type player. J.C. Treader is an all-pro type player. Austin Corbett looks beefy as hell if you've been watching Building the Browns. He looks good. He's quick on his feet. He's a freaking monster. Him and Forbes have the same mentality. of run. They both play like Michael Orr on the Blindside movie. Like the scene where he pushes him right over the fence, said he needed to go, go home, coach, or whatever. That's their type of mentality. Play until you're not able to move or the whistle is blown. So I think Corbett's going to come in. I think he's going to be solid playing against a guy playing beside Treader and Batonio and learning from them. He's going to be just fine, just fine. And then at right tackle, you know, Chris Hubbard. It's it's his spot to lose. 
I think he was a little bit underrated last year. He's not great by any means, and he's overpaid a little bit. But he's not a giant liability out there. And if something were to happen, you have Kendall Lamb, who's a good backup right tackle. Um, He's a great pass-blocking right tackle, but he's an atrocious run-blocking right tackle. So it's a weird situation, but I think the O-line's fine. I'm really happy with it, the depth as well. Um, I think you have three to four playable backups, which is great. You know, Lamb, Forbes, Witzman, and Cush. And then, uh, I'm blanking on his last name, Kyle. Callus, maybe Cal, something like that. He apparently is fighting Corbett for the right guard spot, like, all summer. So, you're fine offensive line. I'm not worried about it at all, um, especially with how Baker elevates his offensive line. They'll be fine. Baker ele- Baker's a quarterback that elevates the players around him, no matter who you are. Even if you're the defense, he elevates you just with his energy and passion. But his offensive line, he directly impacts them by getting rid of the ball quick, reading through his progressions quick, getting out of the pocket, but not making the pocket so collapsible. It Baker does a fantastic job, and the O-line's going to be improved because of him. They're going to outplay their capabilities because they have Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. The Duke dilemma, <sighs> I was feeling good about it until he hired Rosenhaus. Rosenhaus is a fucking clown. Um, He's an idiot. I don't, I just, I'm sorry, John. I just don't really want to talk about the Duke situation. I think it's being overinflated because it's the Browns. They want to talk about them. I Here's my thing. If he gets traded, he gets traded. I, a backup ru- a running back, I don't think, is going to make or break our season. I think Hilliard is good enough to play. I really do. I think Chubb is going to be a top five running back in the league this year. And as we've seen every year in the NFL, you can pick up running backs off the free agency list that can come in and run. You you can. And you can always trade. You're the Browns now. You can be buyers. You can buy people. Um, and then you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb come week nine. I, whether Duke's here or there, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all, actually. He hasn't been a fa- he wasn't a factor in any of our wins last year. He's underutilized as it is. I think he's a fine running back, but he's underutilized, and I I don't really care. I don't. I just don't care. You know, he's here. He's there. Piss on him if he wants out. I don't. How will the handle being favorites? I when I think about that, I look at our leader, Baker Mayfield. Always had a chip on his shoulder, no matter what. In his junior year of college, he had a fantastic season, a Heisman candidate, all all that. He came back the next year and was pissed off because he didn't win it. He had that chip on his shoulder. Even though they were one of the best teams in college his junior year, he came back his senior year as if he had absolutely everything to prove, which is exactly what you need to do to succeed long-term in this business. Tom Brady finds ways to get a chip on his shoulder. Baker Mayfield does that. And I'm going to tell you the two biggest chips on Baker Mayfield's shoulders right now. One, not winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, him and Saquon are good friends, which is awesome. You don't want people to hate each other in the NFL. Like This isn't the 1980s of basketball where you have Lambeer throwing Michael Jordan down on his head. There are, there are places and times for that kind of competition, and there are. But, you know, 
New York versus Cleveland, like, there shouldn't be hate there. So I like the Saquon and uh, Baker friends. It's a different time. But not winning that rookie of the year, oh, God, you know that's pissing him off. You know he's out there. Should have won it. All right, I'll prove him wrong. I'll prove him wrong. And Saquon absolutely deserved it. It I think Baker deserved it more, but Saquon, it's not like they just handed it to somebody. Um... And the second chip on Baker's shoulder is Colin Cowherd. I know Cowherd's doing it for clicks, but in Baker's mind, it's driving him. He needs something. So why not have the biggest sports media figure probably ever? I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but nobody gets more listens. Nobody gets more views. Nobody's been on air that long at that high of a level of you know, viewership and as much as I don't really like him or care for him, I'll find myself turning on his show, turning on his radio station. It's just crazy. Like something about it. It's like, and I'm sure some of you have done the same thing. And then I turn it off after a few minutes after he says some bizarre thing, but Colin Cowherd is fueling Baker Mayfield and I love him for it. Every time he tweets something or says something, Baker just wants to, it reminds Baker that he needs to prove everyone wrong. So I think they're going to handle being favorites fine because Baker Mayfield has never felt like he hasn't had to earn the respect of people. He's always had that chip on his shoulder. And that's going to trickle down. And my second reasoning is we don't have a single winner on our team. Sheldon Richardson, when he was in Seattle, yeah, they won. Wasn't necessarily because of him. J.C. Treaders won before, but not significantly. This is a team full of players that are hungry to win. So I think they're going to handle being favorites fine. Um, and I think Freddie Kitchens is going to help that along with Baker Mayfield for sure. Next question is from John. It's at no logo 1976 on Twitter. Biggest fantasy sleeper on the Browns team this year I gotta go if we're going sleeper especially this is gonna sound crazy I think it's the defense now if you play in a league where you don't have to pick a defense which is weird it gotta be Callaway so I'm gonna talk about both of them I'm gonna talk about Callaway first Antonio Callaway can turn on the burners any second Antonio Callaway's great after the catch. Antonio Callaway's gotten faster and stronger this offseason. Baker loves p- players that can get down the field because he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Baker also loves what people can do after the catch because he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. It's all setting up for Antonio Callaway to have an absolutely monster year. OBJ, Jarvis, Ninjoku, Chubb. All these guys are going to take targets away from Callaway. And I would say Higgins. And I might say Higgins or Jarvis if you're in a PPR league because they're going to catch a lot of passes. But I would not be surprised if Callaway's numbers are spectacular this year. You know, I think he's going to be like a Deshaun Jackson type of player, but he's faster, I think. And I think he's stronger. Now, you might be like, faster than Deshaun Jackson? No way. 
he's just got that game speed. I don't know what it is. I, you watch him and it does. He doesn't look like he's going that fast, and he's got five, ten yard separation sometimes. You know, you saw it week two against the Saints, and it's like, holy shit! Welcome to the NFL, Antonio. Thank you, John Dorsey, for finding him. I mean, it's not like he was a hidden gem. He just was an idiot off the field. Um, I think Callaway. You know, you're not going to be able to stack the box. I mean, you're not going to be able to stack the box. So, you know, you might start to think Nick Chubb, but I don't think he's a sleeper anymore. I think everyone's prepared to see Nick Chubb dominate this year. So for me on offense, it's got to be Antonio Callaway. And then the defense, which is going to lead us into our next question, but this defense is going to be special. Turnovers, sacks. I think they're going to hold teams to few like a small amount of points. I this so we'll just stay with the biggest fantasy sleeper is Antonio Callaway and then the defense is another one I think people aren't talking about enough. Which leads me into my question by Ross the Rugger. It's at Ross Rugger. He's a great follow. All these guys are great follows and so you definitely follow them, you know, go back and I'll give their ads again at the end. But Ross said how can the improved D-line help sack totals but also help the secondary like able to make plays? And how will the secondary covering help improve sack totals, vice versa? And that's exactly, Ross. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. You have one of the best man coverage corners in the NFL, Denzel Ward, coming back for his second year. So he's a rookie last year and was the fourth best man coverage guy in the NFL. Mind-blowing. And now you have a defensive coach that has led Patrick Peterson to his best year statistically and has made defensive players play better than they're supposed to his entire career. It's setting up for this defense. I mean, it's setting up for Miles Garrett to compete with Aaron Donald for defensive player of the year. That's my firm belief. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player we'll ever see in our lifetime. But Miles Garrett getting help from his teammates because this defense is better than the Rams. Oh, oh, on paper it's way better than the Rams. Now the Rams have Aaron Donald, so that changes the entire game. It's like a team having Tom Brady. You know, it's just different. But this D line, you can't pick one of them and say they're the weak link. We'll pick on them as an offense. You know, we'll let them go one on one. Miles is setting up to have a twenty sack season. Vernon's setting up to have a ten plus sack season. You know, Sheldon and Larry maybe three to five apiece, but just clogging up that lane. Avery is looking to have a five to ten sack season. And then you go to the linebackers, which I'll talk about this in a minute, but three linebackers that have played defensive end or edge in college, it's setting up to, you know, you blitz one at a time. Have five guys going at once. It's going to have to be a lot of slant routes. And good thing Denzel and Greedy are fast as hell. And they're quick as hell. I. And then talking about defensive backs helping the defensive line. is they're, Well, the defensive line is going to give the quarterback virtually no time, quarterback and receiver, to get open. That's going to help the defensive backs. The defensive backs are going to be locking them down, which is going to virtually give the quarterback nowhere to throw the ball 
So he's going to have to try to scramble out of there. And then you have Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon chasing you down. Olivier Vernon's one of the better chase down defensive ends, um, particularly against the run. But, I mean, obviously getting a scrambling quarterback is much easier than getting a running back. So Vernon's great at it. Miles Garrett's the the most freakish athlete in the NFL. Um, I don't even want to hear arguments against that. Like, people bring up Jadavian Clowney, like, Get the hell out of here. No. Miles Garrett's the craziest athlete we may have ever seen in the NFL. I, I just I it's insane. You guys have seen his workouts and that I just I started thinking about it. You Joe Schobert, one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. I think Christian Kirksey's gonna have a giant bounce back here. Um he's a playmaker. Interceptions, fumble, he is a playmaker. Um, Taki Taki is a freaking, he's always in six gear. He does not slow down. He's absolutely, and he's, he's just, he's on foot to the pedal the whole time. Pedal to the metal. Absolutely crazy. I can't even think of words to describe him. Go back and watch his tape. It's watching him in the preseason is going to be fun as hell. Just, just wait and watch. And then the corners and the, safeties i mean demarius randall is a great center back um jermaine whitehead has been impressive this offseason i think greedy by the end of the season will be playing a significant amount tj carey gives big wide receivers a lot of trouble um he also gets a lot of penalties but he gets in their heads terrence mitchell is a good corner people were forgetting about him he's a good corner and then you have Sheldrick Redwine, who's another good safety. Um, I don't know how much impact he'll have this year, but yeah, I think that Ross, to answer your final question, I think the defensive line, defensive back combo will make for a top defense. I think the Browns will be a top five defense, and I would put money on that. You know the 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 schedule we have. You know we don't play against a bunch of high powered, super high powered offenses. Um. The Bengals are going to be bad offensively. I think the Ravens are going to be bad offensively. People have figured out their blueprint. If Lamar Jackson comes out there and starts throwing 70% completion, yeah, I'll take it back, but I don't think that's going to happen. The Steelers are going to be challenged offensively compared to what they have been in the past. The Patriots in the regular season don't kill you with their offense. They beat you with strategy. The Seahawks don't put up big numbers. They run the ball a lot, slow games. No Titans aren't an explosive offense. It it's setting up to be a top five defense. The Jets are gonna be without Herndon Herndon the fourth, their best tight end. It Yeah, I think the Browns will have a top defense this year, Ross. Thank you for the question. And last not least. Rick Gender at Browns Dog D asked, "Who will start on the O line?" I already alluded to this, but I think it's gonna be Greg, Batonio, J.C. Corbett, and Chris Hubbard at right tackle. Um, I would not be surprised though if Kendall Lamb starts there. Like it wouldn't blow my mind. Uh, and what will defense formation look like? Um, I think if I were Steve Wilkes, which I'm not. I think I would do a lot of blitzing. And you might think, why? We have such a good defensive line. That's the point. 
just go after the quarterback. The Browns have waited so long to be a good team. The Browns are just one of those teams that play everything so safe in the past. Screw that. We've got an offense. If you get scored on, who the fuck cares? We got Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and Nick Chubb. We'll be fine offensively. So on defense, don't just bend, not break mentality that Greg Williams had. Get into the red zone and be great. Yeah, if you get into the red zone, be a great defense. But be aggressive as hell. Pedal to the metal. Blitzing. Getting in the passing lanes. Do what you can. Jump routes if you think you can get it if you're a defensive back. Like, But when I'm blitzing, I'm only going to be blitzing one guy because Miles Garrett, Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Larry can all win one-on-one battles. And then, you know, if they if they put a running back on Miles Garrett's side, like, huh, that's not going to do anything. Um, Jannard Avery can win one-on-one battles. So you blitz, you have Avery, Miles, Sheldon, Larry, and Olivier all going after the quarterback with five blockers and then a running back maybe. So six, I'll give like five and a half. Maybe even five, depending on who you're playing against, because some running backs just get the F out of town. You're not going to be able to stop that. You're not. You know, then you'll, you know, with that one, I would do like a 4 2 5 setup. You know, have Joe and Avery in there, have Joe and Sione, and have Sione blitzing. Um, but, you know, if you have Joe and Denzel and Terrence and. Whitehead and Randall, and then maybe TJ or Greedy in there covering. That's fine. I like my chances. Denzel's fast as hell. Greedy's fast as hell. Demarius Randall doesn't let much behind him, and he's a sure tackler. I like that a lot. And the other thing I would do is I would move Miles. I would not keep Miles in the same position. I would not keep him in the same position every drive. You know, have him at right end, have him at left end, have him at defensive tackle, have him at like an outside linebacker and drop back into coverage sometimes just to throw people off. Fuck, just put put him at linebacker, put him at cornerback. I don't care. No kidding. But seriously, I would not play him at the same spot on the line. And I would have him play outside linebacker sometimes. He's that freakish. Throw stuff at people. Don't be just don't be set in your ways. Run a four three, run a three four. Run a 5-2. Change it up. You know, you shouldn't just, and I think Steve Wilkes is great at this, you shouldn't, you don't have to just be a 4-3 defense. You can run a 4-3, you can run a 3-4. Being stagnant is how you get beat. Being predictable is how you get found out, and that's how you can't stop teams. You can't score on teams. I know it's unconventional, but somebody's got to start doing that kind of stuff. So why not start now? Be aggressive. That's what this whole thing is about, is being aggressive on defense. On offense, I think you take your time and then take your shots. You have Nick Chubb, a great running back. Let him, let him, yeah. Put that put that defense to sleep. Put that defense to sleep. Odell, Callaway, deep. It's stuff like, and that's predictable, but you know what I'm saying. Offense doesn't have to be like, we need to score on this play. They've got so many weapons. They can wear a defense out. And then you start taking shots later in the game when that defense can't move anymore. 
And then on defense, I would be balls of the wall the whole time. I would not be safe at all. I would go I would blitz. I'd put miles everywhere on the field. I'd switch from four threes to three four. You know, because with the three four, we don't have a true nose tackle. But having Larry and um Sheldon and Olivier on the line and then Avery and Miles as your outside linebackers. Joe and Chris Orsione as your linebackers, your inside linebackers. Denzel, Terrence, Demarius, Jermaine Whitehead as your backs. Hey, that's that's nasty thinking. Like that's crazy. And Miles Garrett can cover. He's not a lead at it by any means, but he can do whatever you want him to on the field. And then something I think they should do against the Ravens, which kind of hints back to a question earlier. I know it sounds crazy, but for a lot of the game, I would run a 4-1-6. You know, normal guys on the line. Joe or Taki-Taki in the middle as your linebacker. And then the defensive backs, I would have Demarius Randall, Morgan Burnett, Eric Murray, TJ Carey, Denzel, Jermaine Whitehead, you got coverage with Randall Murray, Denzel Whitehead. You've got big guys with Burnett and TJ. You've got run stoppers with Morgan Burnett, Demarius Randall, Eric Murray, and Jermaine Whitehead. That is what the Ravens struggled against when the Chargers played six defensive backs. Now, I know we don't have a Derwin James. But we've still got a good defensive back group. Like, the Chargers are the best defensive back group in the NFL by a pretty wide margin. But the Browns have a lot of depth at defensive back. And they still have great players like Randall and Denzel. Um, and Randall's especially good against the run because he's a very sure tackler. So that's what I'd do. 4-1-6. You know, throw stuff out there. That's This is all what I'm talking about. Throw weird formations out there. You don't have to worry about Lamar Jackson beating you with the throw. Make him beat you with the throw. That's what he's terrible at. He's a great runner. Nobody can deny how good of a runner he is. So I know it sounds crazy, but aggressive defenses, weird formations. I would switch between a 4-3 and a 3-4, which I know is unconventional as hell. But hey. What do we have to lose? Well, we haven't been a legitimate good team. 1980s, mm, 1990s, you know, 1994. Those That era was good. This is the possibly the best roster the Browns have ever had. I, I think that's a very fair argument. But... Anyway, that's all the questions I had from the mailbag. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope this was a fun, just getting all these questions out there. You know, if you send in a question, at Browns Dog D, at Dog Nature, at Cleveland Spider, at No Logo 1976, at Ross Rugger, thank you guys all so much for the great questions. I hope everyone out there has a great week ahead of them. Hopefully we get some Indians wins. Cut the lead back down a little bit. But hey, they're all right. It's July. Corey Kluber started throwing again. Uh, Hammy and Tito had a 
interview, and uh, Tito was feeling really good about Kluber's recovery. And we can't go anywhere from up from here. Jose's hitting the ball again. He doesn't strike out, which is just amazing. He had five strikeouts in June. You guys already know that from my stat of the day if you were listening. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and go Browns.